Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us. And do not subject us to the final test. And so Jesus said to them, suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, friend, Lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey, and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, If he does not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. And I tell you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asks for a fish? Or hand him a scorpion when he asks for an egg? If you then who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So what is heaven like? Little children like to ask us big people that often enough. What is heaven going to be like? And it's a very, very good question. And most of the time, we don't have a very good answer. Our answers tend to be a little bit on the fluffy side, I guess we could say. Oh, heaven's going to be like a big cloud in the sky, and everybody's going to be happy, and St. Peter's going to be there at the pearly gates. It's all going to be wonderful. Little angels will be floating around. Okay. Or we say, well, maybe if we want to get a little more practical, heaven's going to be like a big dog park filled with puppies, and they're all going to be licking your face forever and ever and ever. It's going to be so much fun. Or heaven is going to be like, you know, the 
best McDonald's in the world with free root beer and ice cream and uh, hamburgers, all you can eat forever and ever and ever. You say, well, okay. And we know those aren't very good answers to the beautiful question, what is heaven like? But we also know that our imaginations as human beings are really limited compared to all that God has prepared for us beyond the edge of this life. So it's no wonder we have a hard time finding images, ways to answer that question, what is heaven going to be like when little children ask it? What those little children are really asking underneath the surface of that question is a deeper question. What they're really asking is a much more important question. What is God like is what they're really asking us. And, and we get even, in a sense, more befuddled with that one. You know, what is God like after all? You know, is he, is he like the, the character that we find in the book of Genesis who's ready to destroy, you know, whole cities with lightning and thunder and fire and storm just because there's a bunch of bad people in it? You know, is he that fierce God, that judging God? Or is he the God we imagine from the ceiling of Michelangelo's um, Sistine Chapel where he's beautiful old man stretched out, you know, reaching out with the tip of his finger to put life into the dead body of Adam? Or is God, you know, more like a spirit sort of just floating around and doing nice things for people and blah, blah, blah. It's hard to know. It's hard to find a good image of God because God also is beyond our imaginings. And, and the fact that we can't find a good answer to that question is really kind of difficult. But it's also really kind of a shame because what did Jesus do for the entirety of his public life except to try to teach us what God is like? Perhaps we have not been paying close enough attention. Jesus, through his prayer, Jesus, through his parables, most of all, Jesus, through his very life, is giving us an image of God we can hold on to and be sure about. And what is the image? What is this God that Jesus wants to teach to us? What is God like for Jesus? Today's gospel gives us all kinds of openings into that. When one of his disciples asked him, hey, Jesus, would you teach us to pray like John teaches his disciples to pray? He's probably expecting that Jesus was going to go into this long speech, this long prayer, and da-da-da-da-da, you know, go for a long and be, you know, words upon words upon words, like the Psalms, oh, great God of this and that, and, you know, who saved our people in the past and who are always with us, and beautiful words. But what Jesus does instead, especially in the Gospel of Luke, he begins the prayer, this very short prayer, this brief prayer, with one word. One word. Father. Father. And, and that word Father means everything for Jesus. It becomes one of the great themes of his life and of the Gospels. This is who God is for me, Father. 
And when he uses the word father, it's not in some sort of, you know, very formal sense like families used to be in a long time ago. Oh, dear father, yes, I shall obey you. You know, father, the general of the family. It, it, it wasn't, it was something much more intimate than that. The word that Jesus would have used in Hebrew or in Aramaic, actually, Abba, translated as best we could into our contemporary languages by Papa, maybe even Daddy, Dad, Pops, something like that. It's the most intimate, loving word imaginable for his relationship to God, Father, Father. And, and in the parables, Jesus does the same thing. Even this morning, we hear, you know, the, the story of, of the, the guy who's already gone to bed, a good father, in a, in a very small house. In those days, they were small places, and the entire family slept together in one room, you know, cheek to jowl, one on top of each other. So when the, next, the neighbor comes asking for bread late at night, this guy is going, oh my God, <laughs> you can't be serious. I've already gone to bed. We've already done all the work of getting the little ones settled in. They're already got the crying over with and the restlessness. They're all asleep. And here's this guy knocking at my door, knock, 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 like Sheldon Cooper at Penny's door in that show. Bop, 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 bop. Penny, 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 Penny. You know, is that a name, Penny? I think so. <laughs> You know, that's the guy outside, and the guy inside is going, oh, come on, come on, come on, please. You know, don't do that to me, please. But the guy has a good reason. He has a visitor. He has come late at night, and he's hungry, and he doesn't have any bread. And so, yes, the guy gets up, and he's a good neighbor, and he's a good father. And the cost, of course, is that everybody in the household wakes up, but he does it anyway. It doesn't matter what it costs him or his family. He gives the guy the bread. If not for neighborliness, at least because of persistence, Jesus says. And God is a father who is generous and does not count the cost of feeding us, of giving us, as Jesus says in his prayer, our daily bread. Jesus goes on in these stories and he, he uses some images which are really very strong, it's more serious. He, he looks directly at his disciples and he says, what father among you, implicit, what mother among you would give to you or son or daughter a snake if he asks for an egg? He wouldn't do that. Nobody would do that. Fathers and mothers do not do that to their children because they love their children. If your child asks for an egg, you give them an egg, not a snake. If your child asks for a piece of bread, you don't give them a scorpion. Nobody does that. God does not do that. You, with all of your faults and your failings and your limitations as human beings, don't do that. How much less would God do something like that? God does not give out scorpions and snakes and stones 
to people who ask him for life, who ask him for love, who ask him for the blessings of grace, of mercy, of peace in their lives, for the spirit in their lives. That's what God is like. In, in just a few chapters further on, Luke is going to tell us and share with us the extraordinary, perfect, beautiful, magnificent parable of a father who is, of course, God Father. The father who had two miserable sons. One is a terrible, miserable lout who disappoints his father, who cheats his father, who, who does everything absolutely wrong, the worst imaginable prodigal son. And the other is an arrogant, proud, unloving son. And this father, Luke tells us, Jesus tells us, this father, as soon as that son comes home from his prodigal journeys, does not hesitate to go, doesn't, doesn't think about it, he doesn't count any costs, goes out and greets him and embraces him and loves him and kisses him and restores him to the family, to the community, to the entire world in a sense. No cost counted. He doesn't deserve it, but the father does it anyway. The same thing with the other son, when he refuses to go into the feast, when he refuses to acknowledge that his brother has come home, when he goes into his poor me speech, the father embraces him too. He says, just come home. We're in this together. That's what fathers do. That's what God does. Jesus' entire life is spent teaching us about God Father. His intimate relationship with God is obvious in his prayer, it's obvious in his parables, it's obvious in his life. He loves the Father so much, and the Father loves him so much. It's such an intimate reality, an intimate love, that they're really one being after all. And it's this Father Jesus wishes to reveal by his life. And what's the essence of that revelation? God, Father, walks with us. God, Father, gives us what we need, our daily bread. God, Father, is not up there in the clouds. God, Father, is here. He touches us. He listens to our prayers. He gives us bread and eggs, not scorpions and not snakes and not rocks. God, Father, walks with us in our sorrows, God Father is with us in our joys. God Father is with us even in our death and offers us the promise of life beyond. When it's all summed up on Jesus' last night of life on the face of this earth, it's all summed up. God Father is one who sits down at the table with us, our table. 
and, and shares the stories of our lives and breaks bread and shares among us a cup. My body, my blood, my love, my son, my daughter. So when we get to the question, little children ask us, what is heaven like? The answer, of course, is what God is like. And what heaven is like ultimately is God at table with us on our terms, unworthy though, may we, though we may be, sitting with us, listening to our stories, breaking bread, sharing the cup, which of course is exactly what we're doing now. Welcome to heaven.